You're listening to the Video Marketing Podcast, helping you go a little more viral every day. Here's your host, Matt Johnston. Facebook video advertising and all Facebook advertising, in fact, all digital advertising is about to change in a major way when Apple rolls out its iOS 14 update. Uh, This is a huge change. It's going to impact pretty much every business that uses digital advertising at all in their business. And there's all sorts of things that we need to do to both understand it and strategize to sort of keep up. Uh, So recently I did a Clubhouse chat and live in my iOS 14 Facebook ads uh, support group. Uh, sort of a pop-up group. Um, Feel free to search it and join it if you want to join the community. We're talking about strategies and updates around the update uh, or around the changes and uh, how it will change things for everyone. And so I did this Clubhouse chat about a week ago and it it was really great. Um, it, it, It was a nice chat about what we need to be looking out for, how things will change, what's going on, and what strategies you need to start adopting right away. And I wanted to share this with you here, and it starts with a full overview uh, from me on what exactly is going on with iOS 14 and how it impacts you. So I hope you enjoy this conversation on iOS 14, the impact on it for uh, to digital advertisers, and what you can do to get ahead of the game. Every time that you pick up your phone, You're going to get your phone and what it's going to do is it's going to pop up a little a little thing up there and it's going to like a little pop up and it's going to say do you want to allow this app to track you when you're on it Um, and you're going to say yes or no so obviously all of the polls oh good i'm glad it's good now Uh, i didn't do anything so i'm glad it's good Lindsay. um all the polls are saying that we're going to see 80 percent of people opting out of this and i mean who's surprised i mean i'm not really surprised about that Um, So what does this mean, not tracking? It means a few things. Number one, the biggest thing is that it's blocked. It's going to block third-party cookies. Now, this is something that's already happening. Anybody that has an ad blocker uh, is already blocking third-party cookies, but it's also built out of the box into Firefox, and it's built out of the box into Safari. Safari has 55% of the market share of web browsers, um, so that's huge. (laughs) <laughs> and then with uh, Firefox on top of that, it's just a different world that we live in. Um, and on mobile, you know, Safari's blocking that anyway. Uh, but now it's all going to be blocked. So that's the web. But now we're talking about apps as well. So the audience network, if you know what the audience network is, when you see Facebook ads in your apps and stuff and your games, I mean, that's all through, through this tracking and that's going to be gone. Uh, Third-party tracking, third-party cookies, just refers to the Facebook pixel. The difference between first-party cookies is first-party cookies created by you, hosted on your website to collect data. Generally still okay. Third-party cookies created and hosted by someone else and put on your site and they get the information, not okay anymore. So that's all going away. So what can we track now? Or maybe what can't we track? (laughs) When someone's in their Facebook app, we're not going to be able to track when they use the in-app browser to do stuff. So the typical behavior of impulse buying, which is click the link, click the link, go to the um, go to the product page, buy the thing, whatever it may be, that's all going to be gone. It's going to happen, but we're not going to know. It's just going to it's going to be a cipher. It's going to happen. We're going to have no idea that it happens. That information won't get back to Facebook. Um, 
as far as I know, so to, to, to this point, what we have seen is that things that people do in the app are still going to exist. So we're going to be able to track videos that people watched, the percentages of videos that they've watched, um, engaging with certain posts and things like that. So um, that is still fair game. So what are the ramifications of this? Number one, Facebook's not going to have optimize your campaigns on, right? That's how Facebook's AI works. It sees what conversions are happening and then it gets that information or doesn't get that information and then it optimizes that campaign to hit your objective goal, traffic, conversions, whatever it is, based on what's happening. But if Facebook doesn't know what's happening, what do you do? And that's where the issue is. That's where the main issue is. In case people don't know exactly what's going on. Um, the other piece of this is just generally retargeting. Obviously the most popular retargeting strategy and framework within Facebook ads and all advertising. By the way, this is for all advertising. This is not just Facebook. Google ads, YouTube ads, Twitter ads, Pinterest ads, all completely, hugely impacted by this. They all use third-party cookies to optimize and third-party cookies are what's going to be blocked. So everybody is going to have to deal with this. Facebook ads just happen to be the most ubiquitous. Okay, so uh, as far as retargeting website visitors, we're just not gonna be able to do it anymore to my knowledge. Um, that's what it seems like. This is what I'm, I mean, I'm, when I've been talking with Facebook, I've been talking with other colleagues of mine um, that, are, that are spending a lot of money on Facebook. And uh, this is what we think is that third-party cookies blocked. There's gonna be no way to say, retarget website visitors from the past 30 days. It's just not going to be a data set that exists anymore unless magically a bunch of people don't opt out of tracking. And we know that most people are going to. So that means that we have to get creative. Um, so I wanna invite folks up. So who has any specific questions? So I have some chat here going on on video. I'm gonna take some questions from that. Um, we haven't even gotten into CAPI and things that you should do to protect yourself. But I want this to be more like a discussion than anyone else. Um, does anybody want to come up or I'll invite you up here on stage? Cause I know that some of you said that you have particular, particular things. Okay. So I'll invite, I'm going to invite those of you that are here up into the room and you can just, and, and we'll, we'll see what's up. So what are the biggest questions I'm curious that people have? I'm going to invite everybody that is here up to the stage. Okay, good. Um, what are the biggest questions that you guys have right now specifically around what's going to happen? Okay, so Lindsay on chat says, I'm curious on strategies around dynamic ads retargeting. Cool. Hey, Josh, welcome up here. How you doing? Hey, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for thanks for joining me. What's your perspective on everything? Uh, yeah, so it's a bit of a, a, bit of a mind experience at the minute. Um, so as you say, pretty much everything is affected by this. Um, I wanted to know if you know if like Google Tag Manager is kind of out the window now because we we retarget quite a bit based on um, the actual activity that we did with Tag Manager. Uh, that's a third party. It's, it's that, that operates via a third party cookie, right? So yeah, I think that data is not going to exist. Cool. Okay. Okay. So I know you said you haven't touched on the kind of conversion API at the minute, but do you think that's gonna 
solve the kind of issue, or do you think that was just going to present a whole new like way of running Facebook ads and all that kind of other stuff? Did you say CAPI? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so just in case anybody doesn't know, CAPI is the number one um, is the number one thing that you need to be doing right now to get going in your business. Um, and so, what that means is it's a little integration that allows Facebook to take a different path to delivering information back to your ad account from what people do on your website when they take valuable actions. Um, so uh, what does that mean? That means there are, uh, so there, there's this third party cookie you put on your site and when things happen in that third party cookie, it zips it back through path A to your business. And that includes everything that anybody does when they interact with a page that has that little piece of code on it, which is every page on your website, including any events that are on them, like if they purchase. Well, those are gone now. Scratch them out, cross them out, throw them in the garbage can. Okay, so what now? So now <laughs> Facebook and uh, mostly just Facebook alone, but they've also partnered with some others. They've created basically an underground tunnel to get that information back to Ads Manager, but only when they take um, significant actions. Basically, that means uh, if you have Shopify, you install it and it's server-side API. So when someone purchases, they will have put in their email, phone number. Someone purchases, then Shopify will send that information back through, through that B tunnel, <laughs> that underground B path, that underground tunnel back to Facebook with what's called like hashed uh, data, meaning it will track the email addresses and phone numbers and everything back through auto advanced matching to Facebook so that it can get some attribution to campaigns. Um, so that's that. However, <laughs> we're only going to get one event, first of all. So we're not going to get add to cart. We're not going to get view content. We're not going to get anything else from that person. Um, and the second thing is... Um, I mean, it's just going to be that thing, right? So it's not going to allow us to retarget people on sites or anything. It literally only allows us to beam the data back so the campaigns can optimize. So to answer your question, Josh, I think, number one, I've heard there's going to be a huge delay in reporting no matter what, um, which is a pain in the butt. Like it could be up to three days um, lag in, in attribution reporting back to Facebook is what I've heard. Um, also... It's going to be like, it, it, I mean, in, in, in some ways I've heard that uh, when you're running with CAPI, it actually runs a little bit better. But again, you're only going to get that one data point. So it's really just for conversion optimization. And if for some reason people put in different information than they have on Facebook and Facebook can't match them, it just doesn't matter. So Facebook will send that information back or rather your website will send that information to Facebook and they'll be like, I don't know who this person is. I can't match it to a user in Facebook. You know, and then you're kind of back at square one. Um, and it, with retargeting, forget about it. Um, so Lindsay says, and I know you have two questions here, but Lindsay says, um, is that the same for lead gen? Um, and uh, the answer is, yeah. <laughs> so you're not going to be able to retarget them. So let's say that you're trying to get leads. You drive people to a landing page that has a squeeze page, an opt-in page, put in their email address, 
go into that thank you page is a lead is where you get somebody that's a lead. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, I mean, you're not, you're not going to be able to retarget anybody that goes to that page because there's going to be no information sent back on that. There's no hashed information sent back. Like, what could you possibly send back? They haven't put any information in. But after they become a lead, if you link your form up and you link your WordPress up or you link whatever it may be, you have to use Zapier in some instances. Uh, if you link that back to Facebook, then you will get that lead event. So it's the same as purchase. So it's the exact same thing for lead gen. Um, it's going to take a little bit more hackery, though, to, to get it completely in line. Who do we have? Okay, so Stephanie had a question. What's going on, Stephanie? Hey, hey, Matt. Sorry, this is my first time using this, so I'm a little bit clunky. Um, I had a quick question. Do you think or have you heard anything about Facebook's sort of social commerce being kind of pushed forward because of this change? Like, do you think people are, or Facebook is going to allow um, consumers to maybe check out through Facebook directly to sort of combat this? Well, they can do that now through Facebook and Instagram shops. And I think it's going to be... You know, I, I think it's going to be a no-brainer that that's going to be that that's what Facebook's going to want us to do, <laughs> because obviously you get all the information when people check out through Facebook shops um, and Instagram shops, and you can retarget based on that stuff, and you can even, you know, you can change those types of things. However, you have to get all of the, you know, th there's a lot of downsides there too. I think a lot of people are going to move there, and I may be having doing some tests, moving some of my clients there as well, to see if that works out better. But uh, the bottom line, they, they charge a transaction fee. Um, so that just hurts your margins, right? So there's that. Um, so you're going to have to make up for that by having your ads convert better. And then as well, um, Facebook gets to say whether you can sell your stuff or not. I mean, you know, I've, I've definitely have clients that are on there and some of them that have products like, uh, for example, I have a client in the cupping space like cupping, like Michael Phelps, you know, cupping, like for recovery. They're like, they have a Facebook shop they don't really use, but they have their items there and they get rejected all the time for like, of course, Facebook never gives you a reason. So Facebook gets to decide which items you can sell there. You know, they, they have the, they, they own all of it, um, which is what they want, of course. Um, so I do think that that's a huge opportunity going forward for sure. Um, and, you know, just Josh, just to answer your question completely, like, I think that CAPI is a Band-Aid, really. And, um, like, like if, if you're hoping that because of CAPI and when you hook that up, and everybody here needs to hook that up, if you think that that is going to make things better, like, just, just all of a sudden fix the problem, it's not. Uh, it only puts a Band-Aid on about 40, 30 to 40% of the problem. And the rest is going to have to be dealt with through creative marketing, to be honest. Stephanie, does that help? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and raise your hand here if anybody else has something to, to mention about it. I, I'd love to just sort of have a, to get other people's thoughts on this stuff as well. I don't, I don't have to just be answering questions. Um, so if anybody has a comment or something, uh, I'd love to, I'd love to take that into account as well. Um, yeah, go, go ahead, Josh. Let's do it. And Ashwin, we'll go to you next. Uh, so, like I said, basically, pretty much current, the current situation for retargeting is out the window. Um, do you think 
that also means that things like lookalikes and stuff are sort of they're going to lose all of their kind of you know accuracy and become pretty worthless going forward. So they're going to get a lot worse. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, like. So Facebook is driven by data. Lookalikes are driven by data. Interest targeting is driven by data. The whole AI works off of data. So when 80% of people or so are opting out of tracking, cross-tracking all over their phone, it's like, it's over, right? Like as far as, it's not, it's, it's not over, but it's like, they're gonna get like literally almost 80% less data. So lookalike audiences, Well, number one, they'll change because some lookalike audiences will be more valuable than others. For example, lookalike audiences of like video views and engagement might end up being more valuable because they happen on the app, whereas lookalike audiences of conversion events and stuff are going to be slower to update. And you won't be able to use lookalike audiences of like add to carts and things like that anymore because only one event is going to go through. When usually, if a user goes to a page and then they add add to cart, so they get clocked as add to cart and that gets sent back to Facebook, and then they go to initiate checkout, and then they get clocked as initiate checkout, and then they purchase, they get clocked as purchase, we get all that data in Facebook, now we're only gonna see purchase. I mean, so imagine what that's going to do to lookalike audiences. so p- potentially now you could send that add to cart audience back, but the only add to cart audience that you'll be getting back, not to get too techy here, <laughs> but would, would be people that never convert, right? Because you can only get one event per user. So lookalikes are going to get worse over time. Interest targeting is going to get worse over time. And I think that we're, that those of us who want to continue to win on Facebook and Instagram have to think about, okay, what can we do within the platform to create um, to create our own funnels, like to bring people into the fold, build no like and trust, and then sell to them at the perfect moment at the perfect time based on what they do on the app rather than what they do off the app because we just don't know what they do off the app. Not to mention, you gotta start collecting more email addresses and text messages now. You gotta start owning your own data, you know? So it's, 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 gonna, be, it's gonna be rough in that way. Um, Ashvin, go ahead. Yeah, definitely. Um, just kind of build off of what you just said, which is obviously owning your own data. Um, I think one of the biggest things that we're capitalizing on is making sure making sure we're actually capturing emails at all stages, right? So when they get to our website, for example, we um, we're an econ business in the health and beauty space. Um, always, you know, we always have those pop ups. You know, either enter your email for a giveaway or a promo code or whatever it is. Um, those emails, obviously, you're, you're going to push them down a funnel that you build on, you know, your, your email campaigns would, um, you know, like a welcome series. But those emails would be great for lookalike audiences as well. Um, and then in addition to, mm-hmm. you know, certain data points like add to cart, initiate checkout uh, via the pixel, yeah, you're going to lose that data. But you, on the other hand, are collecting those emails as well, you know, through hopefully you have, you know, an abandoned cart flow set up. Um, you know, whether it's through MailChimp or Clavio. So using those segments for lookalike audiences, um, you know, you're, you're just going to have to get a little savvy with how you're segmenting, you know, based on the data that you're owning. So, you know, just a couple points as well. Um, you know, we've been starting to use uh, the Clavio integration with Facebook and creating different segments based on, you know, different AOVs from our customers, uh, different customers who buy different products, 
uh, whether or not they buy multiple times. So in terms of like lookalikes, um, yeah, you're going to lose the platform data um, or a good amount of it. But I think, you know, marketers have to think a little bit more smart now and see where they can use their own data and, you know, give back to Facebook and see where they can come up with, you know, these bigger targeted audiences. Dude, that's all. That's a great point. That's a really awesome point. I'm sure there's others that I I, I know there's others that integrate, but um, uh, both Active Campaign and Clavio have automations within them. As you as you said, great point. That um, they will automatically create and add people to custom audiences as they trigger certain events, um, like in Shopify or whatever it is. That's that's what you're saying, right? And then and then those custom audiences can actually just flow directly into campaigns you already have running with those audiences. Yep, exactly. And and that I mean we ha- like I have one uh, lookalike audiences that is based on um, a particular product. You know, people who buy this specific product, and then I have a, um, a, a segment of all customers that's constantly updating as obviously we go along. So you know these these audiences are just getting stronger and stronger. And, um, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, because, you know, we have a certain middle of the funnel campaigns where, you know, people who add to cart, you obviously want to, you know, offer them more of an incentive to, to really push them over the edge to buy, you know, you won't have that anymore. And I think the only way to really do it is to now pass back, you know, the people who leave their emails or their phone numbers and abandon cart and really use that uh, for the time being until we can figure out where to go from here. Yeah, I mean, so you should be able to to retarget add to carts for e-commerce um, pretty decently, but you have to have the right platform. I mean, I'll tell you what, like not every place that I work with has Active Campaign or Clavio. Most of them are using Clavio, but they're uh, if if you're not using something where there it's directly beaming a custom audience back and creating it, you got to get on that so that you can actually retarget. Um, Lindsay asks, how do you collect emails at abandoned cart? Um, and, uh, so if you're in Shopify, Lindsay, you go through the process of adding to cart and then you say, check me out. And then, uh, it goes to the checkout page. And the first thing that you do is put in your information and then you have to click a next button to go to the next page to start confirming. So as soon as you put in that information, it'll get beamed into Clavio um, or Active Campaign. And there's probably others as well. And if you're not, I mean, uh, one more point to that is if mm. you're not using anything else to collect emails a little bit uh, above, you know, at the cart level, right? So people who come to the website and I mentioned, you know, collecting the email or phone number or even messenger opt-ins, um, you know, we're trying to collect all three. And like you said, own our data. If you're not getting that information, um, you know, I think you're losing out because one, we get we have like a twenty percent opt-in rate um, for all our website traffic. So, you know, we're say we're sending ten thousand visitors a day, we're getting at least two thousand signups or leads, uh, which is now pushing down our you know email welcome series funnel, whether it's on Messenger or even text. But now that you know, um, those emails can now be used within Facebook, and you can you know target those people uh, with ads directly. So, you know, setting up some some type of lead magnet, whether you're offering, you know, a discount or entering people into a giveaway or, <clears throat> um, 
offering a free ebook, whatever it is. You know, um, marketers have to get a little bit smarter and use the tools that are already out there and diversify away from just relying on Facebook. I mean, it's been a good five, six years, but um, things are going to change and you just got to adapt. That's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's been sort of like an optional thing to this point, right? In a way, um, you know, there have been, there have been, you know, you have like thirty percent of e-commerce stores using the spin the wheel thing, and uh, you have others that are just offering discount pop-ups. Um, some, I have a client using a video training series that's working really, really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's more important than ever. I think that every e-commerce store needs to have that built in. So you have to be like really flowing a lot of traffic through your store because Facebook doesn't like to feed out to smaller audiences. But yeah, if you can get a significant amount of opt-ins, you could sort of use that opt-in list, probably a longer tail, like 30 to 60 days to, uh, and then retarget those folks based on that window and it's sort of like retargeting website visitors, except even slightly better because they've taken a little, like a valuable action. They'll just be a small audience, of course. Yeah, yeah. no, they'll definitely be a little bit more qualified. Um, and then to that point, another thing to kind of know is if you are expanding those windows, right? To, you know, you're going from maybe a 14 day window retargeting to a 30, 60, or 180 or whatever. Um, it really comes down to the marketing efforts, right? How much creative can you actually create and uh, recycle? Because now is going to be the time where content is going to be truly king. Um, you're going to have to, you know, recycle out content more often um, just because you're going to have smaller audiences now. And um, you don't want them to see the same crap every day. You're going to have to, you know, figure out and implement a, a really robust content creation uh, system. And I think that's going to be what separates, you know, the true marketers from everyone else. I'm curious on strategies around dynamic retargeting, if there are any. So that would be like dynamic, uh, oh, like dynamic, dynamic targeting, like, like DPA, like, uh, like, for example, like what they had in their cart, like retargeting them based on what products they viewed. Um, I think that might be tough because, you know, I don't think it's going to work because a lot of that goes off of view content. The add to cart audience, you can probably get it because it'll beam that information back. So that data, I think, should be hashed so that you can send it back. But the view content audience, which is a big piece of the DPA at the bottom of the funnel, you're not going to get that anymore. So you can't retarget the view content audience. Right. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> good, good, good. I'm on. I'm on what you're saying. Um, so yeah, that will be that will be different. Um, yeah, I think you. I think you are going to have to get more creative. We're going to end up having higher frequencies at the bottom of funnel, meaning your you know your frequencies are going to look a little bit more like seven to ten, which isn't the worst thing in the world. Uh, but it would be nice if it was sort of an aggregate seven to ten, so that there are a lot of people there to uh, to retarget. Matt, I do have one more thing before I uh, I head out. Um, Go ahead. So I think. Um, that last question you had about uh, DPAs, um, honestly, I don't think that's going to work as well anymore. Um, I think, again, it, it comes back to the data that you own, right? So one one strategy that we're starting to implement uh, relatively soon is a opt-in on each product page. Um, you know, it's like if you have any questions regarding this specific product, drop your email, 
we'll send you an info packet, whatever it is. Again, it comes down to the content that you can create via email or whatever it is, but at least you're going to have these segments of people who are interested in specific products. And again, if that, if that audience gets big enough, you can retarget in those ways, but you're just, it goes back to what we were originally talking about is getting more leads and opt-ins and owning your data. And, um, yeah, that was just one thing that we're, we're considering and implementing over the next couple of weeks. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's a really good idea. Makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, it's gonna. It's not. It's not gonna be as good a data. It, it's. It's hard. To, it's hard because you don't want to put too many roadblocks, right? Uh, in 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 front of people when they're trying to convert. So that that's. That's the that's the odd thing with it. <laughs> so you're just asking them to opt in at every stage. Go ahead, Dev. What's up? Hey, how's it going, Matt? How are you? Good. Good to see you. Good to well hear you. It's amazing where we can find each other, and it's it's a blessing to be here with everyone else. So my name's Deb. Um, I'm not a neighbor neighbor of yours, but we're we're local to each other, Matt. So excited to be here. So no, sorry, I just jumped in, and I've been following everything you've been putting online about this. And you, you know, you know my situation. I'm more brick and mortar, right? Of what I'm doing with Facebook and my ads. How do you foresee, I mean, you guys have been talking about funnels in just a couple minutes. I've been here digitally of where you're trying to direct people towards the product. But what are your guesstimations of impact as, you know, I'm trying to get people to, I mean, my brick and mortar is a farm. It's not exactly a brick and mortar, but you know what I mean. Um, as we're, we're trying to get more strawberries out the door and pumpkins and milkshakes and stuff like that in our seasons, what do you think that I should be preparing for and hunkering down here with this iOS change? Well, I mean, I mean, if you're mostly, um, if you're mostly, you know, if you're if you're in a local business and you're not doing any conversion-based advertising, meaning you're not like doing direct lead collection or direct purchases of things, if you're just mostly boosting posts or whatever, you probably won't be super impacted because Facebook still knows where you live, and I mean, when you're when you're running a local campaign at that level, you're probably not doing a ton of targeting, right? I mean, you're mostly you're mostly sort of carpet bombing the like the 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 40 mile radius of where the event is so i probably i wouldn't see a whole lot of a whole lot of impact to what you're doing there i think that if you started like selling things directly online and or gathering leads directly online um, i think it might be a little bit different but i think in this particular case um, you're going to be a little bit shielded which sure is good news yeah, no, it's always interesting to see where, you know, and in this case, obviously, it's Apple saying, hey, we're going to do this, and then the ripple effect. Um, but just like uh, the last individual who was just speaking, it always has to do with the authenticity of your message and just building your brand and audience um, so that you can call them to action, so that no matter the, the, the waves and the winds of the tech platforms that we are accustomed to, they're going to continue changing. So it, it's how we can ground ourselves in what we're doing. So thanks so much for all this information here. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 more important than it's more important than people think. Um, I think that one of the things that I've been saying is that Facebook rolls out a lot of changes all the time. They famously have this way of doing things where it's like, <laughs> like do it and don't worry about the consequences of it. Change it and don't worry about the. Con I forget. There's like an actual like phrase that I'm forgetting that Mark Zuckerberg goes by like. Feel free to break things on the way to getting them where they might be, um, and uh, so there's all these changes, and so you know you don't know what's going to happen. The same thing with Apple, and it's like everything seems like it's not news. You know, after a while, it's like is this just hype? And so um, 
doing the research that I've done and everything, I, I, I've started to really get a sense for how big a deal this is and having done so much Facebook advertising. Um, I, there, there's no way that anybody that has a business like mine or a business like a lot of yours out there um, can, can, can even come close to thinking about ignoring this um, because we're just going to have so much less data that you have to find ways to get so much more data. And that's a marketing thing, right? Like that's going to be driven by marketing, which means you're going to have to be creative. I think one of the good things out there, though, I think one of the good things that I'm seeing, though, is I think that um, the best Facebook advertisers, the, the, the best marketers are going to start rising to the top in this because you are going to have to get super, super creative. You're going to have to uh, think about, again, where you can gather opt-ins, how you can get more first party data down the funnel. Elizabeth, how's it going? Let's get you in here. Hey, great to join your clubhouse. You know, I actually just jumped out for a second and then hopped back in, so I apologize if you answered this already. But I do I do work with a couple of small, um, small businesses, and their budgets aren't huge. Like, when I say that, I mean they range from, like, 1500 to maybe 5000 per month on ad spend. Do you, how do you feel that will affect? Uh, their advertising efforts. I mean, I I hear you on like content and all of that good stuff. I mean, is that where you feel like the shift needs to go if you have a smaller budget, or what are your thoughts on that? So, sorry, what what size budget did you say, and what what industry? So, I have some really small e-commerce out there. So, anywhere from like spending two thousand dollars a month on ads to five thousand dollars a month on ads. Yeah, it's a gigantic shift. I mean, you know, I have I have plenty of clients out there that um, all of their revenue comes from Facebook ads. So even if you cut that down by 30 or 40 percent, which is probably something close to what you might think about if you don't make a move, it's yeah, it's over. It's going to be completely it's going to be completely changed. I mean, all of these e-com brands, you're running ads for them and you're optimizing for purchase, right? I mean, right, exactly. Facebook's not going to get that data back very easily. They will get the data back somewhat um, through CAPI, um, but it won't always be complete. You may only get 80% of the data back, and they may not be able to, they, they may not always know who they are, and they may not be able to attribute them to a campaign. So it has a huge, huge impact. One of the things that I've been talking a lot about is um, potentially thinking about extending your funnels. Uh, and Lindsay and Ryan on the chat here, I'm gonna get to you in a second. Um, so, so in e-com, we always talk about, we often talk about um, the minimum viable funnel, meaning, so can we just send people, uh, can we just run a direct response ad to a cold audience, get them to the product page and get them to convert? Um, and that's typically where we see, you know, where, where you see the most sales, not the cheapest sales, but the most sales in your funnel. Well, if you can't retarget as well down the funnel, do you need to start adding a step to your cold audience um, that you can retarget? And so one of the things that I'm thinking about hard in my business is building out top of funnel content, uh, like particularly long videos maybe is what I'm starting to think about. I have one client that does really, that makes really long top of funnel videos that do very well, like 15 minute videos and people just love her. 
And the way that, uh, and, and right now we're running a lookalike audience of 75% video viewers of that video and it's beating all of our other audiences. Um, so that is a, is a, is a good, is a good, um, a good indicator there. So you can retarget those people based on, and that's very valuable. Like if somebody has spent, you know, six minutes with you on a video or even three, let's be honest, these could be, these could be four or five minute videos. If somebody spent three minutes with you on a video, they're, they're definitely showing some interest there more than a one minute video that they watch half of, you know, in passing auto playing in their feed. So if you extend the funnel out and retarget those people and you find the valuable pockets there, then you can start creating lookalike audiences of those people as well and start really scaling it out. So, um, but you know, as uh, I think Ashvin who was here before was saying, you know, it really, it really comes down to um, trying to get as much first party information as possible. I mean, I think with all of these clients, they should, you know, they should have ways for folks to opt in. They should have Clavio or active campaign so that you can retarget. And I know these things cost money and a lot of clients at that budget level don't like to spend money on like $100 a month or whatever it costs for Clavio, maybe more, maybe 200 a month, I don't know. But I mean, you know, that's four sales of a $50 product. I mean, it's well worth it to get things in order for your business so that you can actually track, you know, it's almost a backdoor way to start tracking things. Um, does that help? That's where I'm seeing it now. Honestly, that is awesome. I, I, I think that's great. Super helpful. Um, and I think it all makes sense. Thank you so much. Good. Yeah. And you, I mean, it's just going to be like testing. You're going to have to yeah. see what happens. You know, because I have no idea what's going to work and what's not going to work. But I think you have to start testing now. You have to get CAPI set up now. And you have to start creating more content now. Um, because like th those image ads are just not going to work anymore. Like those boring image yeah. ads, they're just not going to work as well anymore. Um, because the, because those are based on the algorithm. Like they're, they're not based on great creative. They're based a little bit on pain points, uh, but mostly features and benefits. And they're just like the algorithm finds the perfect person at the perfect time. Well, the algorithm is based on data and the, the algorithm is going to have way less data than it used to have. So now you have to sell people. But, you know, the, the thing is, TV advertisers made tons of money for their clients over so many years and still are, and they don't even have even close to the data that we have. So I think it's also important to have that perspective in mind. That's great. That's a good point. Thank you so much. So, Lindsay, I have all the questions. What about targeting based on gender, age, location, and interests? Um, so the first three you should be good on, gender, age, and location, because Facebook has that data right? The last one, interests, that's where you run into a little bit more of an issue sometimes. Facebook's ability to know who you are and what you do and serve you the right ads is based on where you go on the internet, not just what you do on Facebook. So now they won't know that. So they're going to be going off of old information. So interest targeting is going to be less powerful over time. You know, I mean, you're going to be a different person in five years, you know, than you are now. I mean, I used to direct theater in my 20s, and then I was in, a journalist, and, you know, I never saw any Facebook ads for from, like, marketers back then. Now I see it all the time. 
I'll go on one site to like price out a new CRM and then I'll start getting hit with a bunch of CRM stuff and I'll be in their lookalike audiences, right? I'm a cold audience. But now that information is not there. So then what do you do? So hopefully that makes sense, Lindsay. Uh, Ryan, what was your question? I think I read somewhere the future of e-com will be within Facebook or Instagram shopping platforms. Does this avoid the new update per se? Yeah, it does. Yeah, and Ryan, I think we talked about this before you jumped on. Um, but yeah, um, I think Facebook and Instagram shops are certainly a way to get all the data in one place. Um, and obviously Facebook wants that, it makes them a lot more money, which is part of the issue. Exact numbers, I'll look them up, but they take a percentage, right? I mean, like it's a pretty decent chunk, um, pretty decent percentage of of your of, of of a sale. So you know, then it's a margin thing, right? I mean, like, will you be able to get your your CAC, your like cost to acquire customer, down to a point using Facebook and Instagram shops that you're that it makes sense for you because they're going to be taking more money from you, right? You know, like e-commerce e owners deals with this all the time on Amazon. You know, Amazon eats them alive. And so they want to go and sell on their Shopify store. And now it's like, oh, now I can't sell on my Shopify store. So now I got to go and pay more money to this platform. And then you're more all in on the platform, which isn't even necessarily good for the business always to put all your eggs in one basket, but you're just trying to get the sales in. The other thing is that Facebook sort of like, they, they get to decide, right? Like Facebook decides um who like what products you can sell and not sell and they reject items all the time in shops so uh that can be that can be an issue too um so i mean if you have if you have anything related to health and wellness that is in your shop chances are facebook is gonna like look at it closely and you know i have clients that get items that are totally fine rejected in their shops all the time for like it's just the bots going around, and then it's like a, a logistical headache. Good question, though. Great question, and I'm going to be testing it with clients too because you just you have to you have to test everything um, when we have less data. Um, at the end of the day, you have to decide you know is the Shopify store, is the WordPress store, whatever, going to be the best the best option? Yeah, Ryan, great point. They don't like digital products either. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right, it'll be hard. It'll be much harder to sell your hundred dollar course on Facebook shops. I don't even know if you can. I should. <laughs> I should probably look this stuff up, but um, I doubt. I mean, yeah, they're. I doubt they're gonna like information products. You're probably still gonna have to sell that in your store, and um, figure that out. Now, if you're in lead gen, and you're looking to set up CAPI, you have to. Um, I believe in WordPress. I have heard some people say, I don't have a lot of WordPress clients, but I've heard some people say that you can install um, server-side uh, conversion reporting through Pixel My Site relatively easily. Um, that's not the official way that Facebook tells you to do it on WordPress. Uh, they, they tell you to download the plugin, the WordPress plugin, and hook it up through there. On Shopify, it's an app as well. And um, if you don't have any of those, I mean, I'm very interested to see what like the click funnels and the lead pages are gonna do. I do know that there is a Zapier integration for Facebook. And if you go to their official support and you like click on the link to find out where, uh, like, like how to set up 
the conversion API through things that are not e-commerce, they'll take you to Zapier. Like they actually talk about Zapier and they give you screenshots in that help document. So they expect you to fire fire a zap. So then when, so for example, theoretically, somebody goes through your ClickFunnels funnel, they opt into your squeeze page to put in their email address. You get tagged as a lead on the next page uh, and then you would set up Zapier to fire an event back to Facebook ads at that point. And um, I've tested this and it does work. So um, I think you might have to have Zapier, like paid Zapier to do it, but um, you can send events back in that way. But just one, just one event. Ryan says he's setting up Zapier now for offline conversions. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, offline, that, that makes sense. Okay, what have we not covered? Does anybody else have, uh, feel free to raise your hand. Um, if we don't have anybody else, I'm definitely down to close the room. We've had a great a great little 50-minute conversation here. Um, but if there are any lingering questions. If you want to join the group, we have the uh, iOS 14 group. Where did I call this group? iOS 14 strategies for e-commerce and Facebook ads. I set up a pop-up Facebook group just to go over this. Because again, I don't think people quite understand the ramifications of this. <laughs> I think they're pretty big. And so my goal is just to educate people as much as possible. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I really think if you guys are here, you're thinking about it, you know, you're, you're down to be in much better shape. And uh, you just really need to start thinking about a marketer. Like, go back to some of those old marketing books. Think more about psychology and less about tactics, you know. I think that that's, that's going to be the way. And, and think about how you can gather as much data as possible to make up for the data that you're losing. Okay, well, if nobody else has, uh, has anything, we'll end this. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, let me know, or you can join this group if you have any other questions. We're pretty active in there going through comments and questions, so join up. Um, I've got a big survival guide as well that I have. You can just message me, DM me, find me on Instagram or something, and I'll send that over to you. Um, sort of tells you exactly like what's going on and how to fix it and what the, what the action items are like right now in your business um, so that you can make sure that you're protected, um, at least from a from a data standpoint, and then uh, take it from there. Well, we got De Derek wants to wants to chime in. What's up, Derek? Hey guys, I just hopped on. Definitely interesting conversation. I was uh, in a room last night talking about it with a few people that um, run some first party kind of tools, and it's uh, it's definitely interesting to see what's going on. What do you guys uh, think about this whole this whole switch? I mean, I don't think the iOS fourteen is uh, too big of a deal, but I think that. Over this next year, with the whole going pixelless thing, I'm definitely interested to hear your guys' thoughts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we've 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 gone over a lot of it, but you know, generally, I mean, my thoughts are that it's a pretty big deal, and uh, you you you're, you're going to have to change your advertising strategy because as soon as this app goes live on everybody's phone, uh, the data will instantaneously go away. So. Um, some things will have a long impact. Like for example, interests and lookalikes will get a little bit worse over time. And uh, things like things like data reporting, you know, like day-to-day -day attribution and stuff is gonna go away immediately. Retargeting is gonna go away immediately. 
So I think that it's a huge, a huge deal, short and long term. And I think that like, if you are pretending that it doesn't exist and you're in this industry, I mean, you, you'll, you'll immediately start seeing like extremely poor results. Um, just it, it, for no other reason because you can't retarget website visitors anymore. So, um, I mean, that alone, like a lot of marketers, a lot of Facebook advertisers rely on that to get their CPAs anywhere near like a decent range. Um, so that's my, that's my thought on it. <laughs> what I've been, uh, what I've been using is, uh, a tool, um, to kind of do the, you're able to kind of import the offline conversion data back in. So that's like one way I've been kind of looking at it. Um, and I've heard like there's going to be shopping cart API integrations coming out to kind of help with like people purchasing. Um, what have you heard kind of on the fixes? Yeah, we talked about the uh, the the CAPI a lot. That that's the number one thing you need to install right now is the conversion API, which is um, which is going to send events back to Facebook, but only one per customer. So um, you're going to have to find other ways to get that data, so Clavio or something like that. All right, folks. Uh, that'll do it. Thank you so much for your time and attention. Um, let me know if you need anything and have a great rest of your Sunday. Thanks, Thank Matt. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Thanks so much for listening. I hope you got value from that conversation. Definitely go ahead and make those changes. Get CAPI set up on your store and website. Verify your domain in Facebook and uh, just get ready for uh, some big impacts to retargeting conversion reporting, attribution reporting, uh, and just, just, just in general, the data that we get back from Facebook on our campaigns. We are definitely going to see some performance swings based on this. And the more knowledge we have, the more ahead of the game that we are, the better off we'll be. If you want to learn more about working with us, guidesocialglobal.com. Hit us up. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon.